0: Hot round, Red Seven! Red Seven! Red Seven! Don. What? Red Seven! I don't know what Red Seven means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot route?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please?
0: Billy Bob! This is
1: it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run downfield field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico.
0: Boe-yah! That's what we call a sack lunch. I need that ball. Get
1: me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the ball? I hope you
0: did not kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the
1: difference
0: between
1: winning and losing, yeah. between living and dying. Yeah. I got a whole lot of money, Yummy for
0: me, bottle no, key, no, popping that no, water, no, man, no, 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 no. it's a party, it's a party, it's a party. It's a party. Yeah. Kentucky is 1-0, oh. Eastern Michigan is on the horizon, and that means you're listening to 11 Personal Podcasts.
1: Labor Day Week edition.
0: Yes. Feels a little weird. Yeah. I'm just, Short I've, weeks got me off. So a little bit off. Still a day behind. Yes. we're But we're not a day behind. We're right on schedule. Uh, ready to talk about the Cats opening weekend. I'm Nick Rush with Adam Luckett here. Man, Labor Day Week, that was pretty awesome, though. That was a fun little weekend, wasn't it? You know, you had a take that. Labor Day weekend is one of the best weekends of the year, and I think at first I was like, "Wait a second, really? Labor Day weekend?" And I, I shouldn't have questioned you. <laughs> it was Thursday. All the come way at the th- king—you best
1: not miss Nick
0: Roush. <laughs> <laughs> but third, I mean, the, the games were mm-hmm. never great, right? But they were gr- great college have, football games. Now,
1: at no point in the year other than ball season do you get five days in a row of college football. On the tube. And, and that's this what is, we got. This is all one of
0: the two days of football we don't have. Uh, is there a Thursday night game in a while?
1: Is it worth a damn? No, because the, they, they stay off first week because NFL's back. Which is smart. But there's a couple games on Friday.
0: It's going to be a really good NFL game, mm-hmm. too. Bears, yeah. Packers, mm-hmm. g- give me all of that. But just having that marathon, really the only thing that I was kind of upset with, I, I thought that they would have had more on Sunday. You know, just to kind of – Yeah, that's what I was
1: talking to one of my buddies about. I thought he was thinking there used to be two, and I think there used to Cause be Kentucky maybe a few Louisville years ago.
0: Because Kentucky Louisville was um, mm-hmm. oftentimes on that Sunday. I know
1: in Mark Stoops' first year, I think Louisville played at home on a Sunday, and there was also a night game that year. Um, so, i guess guessing recently that's something they kind of got rid of. They just had to like. made for TV. I think it would be better if we had, like, a 2.30 game on Sunday. It would be great. Yeah, or a 2.30 game on Monday. But, but – but, yeah, it was a fun-filled weekend, oh, and man. there was exciting games on pretty yeah. much every day.
0: Even if it was bad football, it mm-hmm. was good games, and you could just switch back and forth. You could have two TV set up. Mm-hmm. I know you had the two-TV look rolling for a while. I was my, – my Saturday – just Kentucky game aside, rolling back from the Krogue mm-hmm. to Louisville, listening to South Carolina and Tennessee just suck it up, just be terrible football teams. And then to go home and flip back and forth between Missouri clinging for life and then Auburn and Oregon and your boy Bo Nix. How, how about Bo? Pat yourself on the back, Adam I ride Luckett. for some Bo Nix. And, and you all thought Adam Luckett didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He, he called Bo, I think it might have been the first podcast and it you were all already ca- talking about Bo Nix. It was. This is the official Bo
1: Nix podcast.
0: 11 Bo Nix <laughs>
1: personnel. <laughs> but the 330 slate. It's why you have to have more than one TVs if you're consuming college football. Because yeah. you never know when stuff's up going to break and go crazy. You had North Carolina with a crazy kind of third, fourth quarter comeback. Yep. Against South Carolina, where South Carolina couldn't do anything right. And all of the Jake Bentley haters were out <laughs> oh, in full force. Yes, it was great for the <laughs> Jake Bentley haters. And then Tennessee, Georgia State. You turned it on and you would think Georgia State was like this – AAC team that was going to win nine or ten games. It's not a two-and-ten Sunbelt team last year. They were just – They seemed like they had better athletes in Tennessee. They were playing faster than Tennessee. Ten- they they were running the ball down Tennessee's throat. Tennessee couldn't block for Jared Guar- Guarantano like we've talked about
0: And They even lot. had Trey Smith back. Yeah. And he, Cole Kubik, big, mm-hmm. big fan of Cole book. just pointing out nasty blocks. And, of course, Trey Smith made some yeah. appearances on Cole Kubik's Twitter feed this week.
1: Yeah, but they just they they just struggled. Couldn't run the ball. Couldn't run the ball at ne- all.
0: He, you know what's a common denominator? Neither team could run the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, Feaster, right? I think was well, South Carolina decent. they
1: just got away from the run for some reason.
0: Oh, who would have thought that? in yeah. close <laughs> situations that Will Muschamp would mm-hmm. freeze up and instead of all they needed was like a right. drive that would chew up some clock, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't do it. And folks, that's why I'm a big fan of our our guy Mark Stoops. He may just say. The same old thing, like the strength of the strength is the strength, or the strength of the team is the team and the strength of the team. But running the football and playing defense, it gets you places, especially against inferior opponents that you should just out talent. Mm-hmm. And if you can't run the football, then your quarterback, I don't care if he's a seventh year senior who's been starting at South Carolina since the, the Reagan administration, he's gonna make mistakes. Right. And that's what happened at that South Carolina game. And I it, it made me so happy like it.
1: You hear the another coaching euphemism for you. It's a line of scrimmage league. Oh yeah! But it is to oh. win in the SEC. You have to. It's all about running the ball and stopping the run. It's all about line of scrimmage play. Can you win that that fight week in week out? And that's something Kentucky has established the last couple of years. Now this past week against Toledo, they got some chunk plays, but they struggled in short yardage, mm-hmm. and they ended up getting out rushed as a team, but a lot of that was due to the quarterback yeah, runs quarterback, on the other yeah, side. Yeah. And Terry not really giving any runs to Kentucky's offense. I
0: didn't realize they actually did. It was
1: 180 to 176, I think, so it yeah, was close. So yeah. like, 181 to 176. Yeah. Kentucky was winning until that last drive, probably until that touchdown run at the end.
0: Right. Uh, and, you know, you get. You're exactly right. Um, so, uh, do, do we want to make fun of any of the losers anymore? Uh, I I think the most inexplicable like is South Carolina, though. And even though we called it early on, like, what if Mac Brown pulls yeah. off some magic? Yeah, I said just do not mess around. Do not lose that game. They, they, that's what they did. They, they messed around and lost in the fourth quarter. They score. lost on just jump balls from a true freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, Mack Brown would do anything crazy. He's like, let's just throw it in the end zone, see if we'll get lucky. Right. And they made plays. Did, all right, did South Carolina's defensive line, they were supposed to be the best things to slice bread. Were they at least – Raising hell. Like, because I, I was listening. I wasn't watching.
1: From what I watched in the fourth quarter, from what I took from that game, it's like South Carolina, was, it was pretty much theirs for the first 48 minutes. They had it under control, and then a double digit lead suddenly became a single digit lead, and they just really tightened up. Oh, the real we'll must champion. And they just, and, he, and they, oh, they take gosh. on, in those games, they take on the personnel, of their head coach sometimes, and he is as uptight as uptight gets. <laughs> Will Muschamp, I think he sweats more than some of his
0: players on the sideline. Oh, man, that screen grab that you had of him was Yeah, in the press glorious. conference, And yeah. if you all aren't following Adam Luckett on Twitter, I'm not going to say you're not smart, but you need to be doing that because Luckett, not only does he have the random knowledge, but he also has the, the like, hey, you need to know. About, like, you are shouting out some dude I've never – some random-ass quarterback. Like, oh, best quarterback you ever heard of. Some, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. scrambling, crazy gunslinger. Um, I think you're talking about Ohio, Nathan yes, Rourke. there you go. We're going to get – later in the
1: year, Maxion gets going on Tuesday and Wednesdays. Oh. You can make some money during that time. We'll, we'll probably be jumping on that Ohio Bobcats wagon. Okay,
0: okay. Well, uh, until then, we're staying away from the and We're staying away from the altitude. You don't go west in the altitude <laughs> in week one. That's Jeff Brom. At that B- was another and melt. And Barry Odom.
1: Really, the, the, the thing of the weekend before we'll move on, it was a weekend of meltdowns. We saw teams that – not necessarily top twenty-five teams, but teams we thought were going to be good. Teams in the kind of that receiving votes area. Nebraska, teams, yeah. Hager teams were thought of dark horses. Yeah, they were in meltdowns. You saw, you know, Purdue had a large one. Yep. We saw Oregon a little bit meltdown in primetime. Whew, Those those timeouts.
0: Mm-hmm. T- what are you doing, Mario? Tennessee, football?
1: when the pressure was on, they just got their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> South Carolina. South Carolina uh. just. They were they clock, they were watching the they were clock watching that whole fourth quarter just yeah. just please get to zero please get to zero
0: that Tennessee play too that they the the the, mm-hmm. the last play where like they had three dudes fall down at once is just one of the funniest things I've ever yeah, seen yeah it's great yeah and it's one of those things where like I do a lot of talking on the things I try not to repeat myself I can't say it enough how much I love that play I I'll, I might pull it up tight before I go to bed and just get a good <laughs> laugh before I go to sleep. <laughs> Let's get a good chunk. <laughs> uh, but on to your University of Kentucky Wildcats. They take down Toledo 38-24 in a game that uh, the score wasn't really indicative of what the game was, especially in the second half. Because it was, as uh, one college football tweeter pointed out, we had a Fetty Wap game until the mm-hmm. last – we had a 17-38. Yep. Until uh, the refs erroneously called a face mask on Jamin Davis because he blew the quarterback's helmet right. off. Um but Kentucky really – so we're going to – instead of just, like, talking about the game, because this is more of a forward-looking, we want to really preview – we want to hit the Eastern Michigan Emus hard. I know they're not the Emus, but I'm, they're the Emus. We're going to talk about them extensively, but to break down the other game, we're going to – got a couple different ideas. This week, we're just going to go away with what we got right, what we got wrong. So we're basically putting ourselves to the test. We're, right. we're, we're watching our own game film looking. Mm-hmm. You know, after all, we're – Taking a look in the mirror. Exactly. So first off, let's go ahead and – let's tear each other apart before we build ourselves back up with what we got wrong. And first and foremost, hand up, never in – we spent most of offseason saying Kentucky needs a second wide receiver. They need a second wide receiver. Who's the wide receiver going to be besides Lynn Bowden? We all thought, well, it's going to be probably one guess, probably Josh. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I don't know. No, very wrong. All of the wide receivers stepped up. Right. And it wasn't – I mean, Terry Wilson completed passes to eight different guys. They didn't drop a pass. And they were really the MVPs of the game. Look, it reminded me of how we kind of dogged UK's defensive line going into last season. And they ended up being one of the stronger parts of the defense. I think the coaches were kind of
1: pumping the brakes, not letting anything get out on a mob Wagner this fall camp.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Because he comes out, he gets the start right away. He played a ton of snaps. They look to get him the ball. We saw him in some quick game on a screen. Saw him on multiple stop routes. They're looking to get him the ball because we saw what he can do when he gets the football. Right. He well, can really make some plays after the
0: catch. And, and that's a not something you would expect, but b I, I, I'm I'm with you, man. Even like talking to some of the other people on the beat, like we felt like I mean. It, they must really not think Wagner's going to do anything. That's what I was
1: – I was thinking they were just going to kind of throw him in there 10, 12 snaps a game and maybe – See what
0: they could get. Y'all. But instead, they realized all right, Josh will really fast. We'll put him in that Z roll and let mm-hmm. Wagner be the X. But when it wasn't him, it was also Alan Daly. Alan Daly, right. who I right – down. I really question I'm Like, okay, you're really going to use a big guy across the middle. Like, in, in theory, I like it because he's just a big guy. But is he fast enough to beat those slot corners? And he was. He was great on third down. Yeah. And if Stenberg doesn't get a cheap third down, that's a 40-yard gain. And, they you know, he's going to have 80, 90 yards on the day too. With Daly, I think he's like your zone
1: beater on third down. We got a third down situation here. A team—they On their play sheet, they have team likes to run a certain type of coverage on third down. Uh-huh. Allen Daly, we're going to run you a certain route, and you're going to sit at a certain spot based on what coverage we think. And then it gives Terry – a guy that didn't like throwing the ball across the middle last year. Oh, yeah. It gives him a big target mm-hmm. to move the chains and deliver first down. He, in total, he had – Kentucky had, I believe, three third-down conversions. He had two of them. And he would daily. have had a third. And he had a third. and It would have been like a 60-yard play. Yeah, And I think that was a really good sign, to find that guy outside of Lynn Bolton in big situations. Who are you going to go to to move the chains? And they I think Daly is a guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, that's – one of the few things I got wrong, I also, like, a week before the game was, like, cats aren't covering because I fell into the old Chris mm-hmm. Felico, like, blah, 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 against the spread. Well, before the game, just like the bear, I convinced myself Kentucky was going to blow them out of the water. And even at halftime, I wasn't worried.
1: Yeah, as soon as it got to 14-14, I felt pretty good. Yeah.
0: Because twice, Toledo punched
1: Kentucky in the mouth, and they bounced back each time. So, I think you knew then that it was just a matter of time before the talent and depth took over.
0: Uh, and a brief one more thing on the receivers before we move on. I think the I like I spent all day Tuesday at practice like trying to figure out. All right, so where, what, what's the source of this newfound success? And the thing is, is there's not one thing you can point to. And I think a lot of it really is Michael Smith is damn good coach, and I think these guys really did just need to get a year under their belt mm-hmm. because they were high on them early on, but without game reps and no stuff like Ahmad Wagner, he was like. You know, in basketball, I go to the gym and get up free throws if I need to work on my game. But mm-hmm. I didn't know how to work on my game. Like He was like asking Josh, like, what do I do to get better at routes? Mm-hmm. And I think just having the time to really put in, having the time with Terry to develop that relationship mm-hmm. whether they're not splitting reps with Gunner Hope, I think it really, a lot of it just, just came down to that.
1: Right. And they threw Demarcus Harrison to the fire, true freshman.
0: Yeah. I think he, only two played all day, him and Dotson. Right. Maybe
1: one other guy. I think Trey Wilkins played on special teams. But yeah. him and Dotson had real snaps. Yeah. With the ones.
0: Yeah, and that was because Corker went down, I think, at the end of the first half right. for like a series. But two. I think
1: it's in dime defense. We really didn't see it against Toledo, but I think Dotson's going to be that sixth defensive back in dime, that extra kind safety. surprise. There. Nice yeah. to
0: surprise. All right, Luckett, uh, what, what did you get right?
1: For me, number one was explosive plays. We talked about really all summer how we thought this offense was going to be more explosive because of their personnel. I pulled up some numbers right quick. Kentucky had 23 plays last year over 20-plus yards. Is that all? They had eight.
0: That's all they had mm-hmm. last year was 23? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. When I look up, they have this thing for the media. It's this handy-dandy stat. I mean, it's the amount of ways you can break down your stats.
1: Actually, I, it was 23 of 30-plus yards, and then they had 56 of 20-plus. Okay, That's so of
0: 30, if uh, if you throw in the 29-yard reception by Lynn Bowden, it was technically 30, but we'll just, for argument's sake, mm-hmm. he, they, they had four. Four pass plays right. over 30 yards. So. Yes. <laughs> right. The chunk plays were bad. They needed to get it and they did it right away. And, and the thing that I liked about it, Bucket, is that they weren't uh screen passes that Bowden just busted to. hmm Like that was they were stretching the defense. Vertically. Yes. In in in, in situation like one of the, the big catches that Bowden had was on a third and five. Mm-hmm. And and Terry wasn't afraid to let it rip on the little corner route.
1: Mm-hmm. So, basically, they had 14% of their production from last year in one game of 20-plus yard plays. They had 17% of their production last year. They had 430-plus yard plays. They only had 23 last year. So, you're looking at – that's just in one game. So, they're, that big play factor is there. And in S&P Plus' latest rankings, Kentucky right now sits at 19th on offense. <laughs> okay. A big reason for that is <laughs> – That's, that's – okay. But that's a point. That's yeah. a point to be made that they – That so far, the computer is saying, whoa, Kentucky is one of the better offenses in the country because of that big play factor and because of that staying ahead of the chains, which they did for the most part. Now, they struggled on third down.
0: Second down, really, too. They were really bad on second. Second short And then they
1: score on all their – every time they had an opportunity to score, they punched it in.
0: I think the the reason why I laughed at the 19th and S&P is they were like 40th and 50th at best. Mm -hmm. last year right like on their best weeks right um, which wasn't always often right Um,
1: and then when you look at 40 plus yard plays Kentucky only had 13 last year they got two on Saturday against Toledo boom so you're you're looking like you're already putting a dent in that big play factor and that's something we've heard Eddie Grant talk a lot about that's something we have to get better at and I think that was an emphasis in the off season and I think you started to see it play out against Toledo and I think that's something we should come to expect all season
0: uh, did you have anything else that you got right? Because I think we both got right at the part mm-hmm. that it was going to be very a sloppy start, right? And it was the, it was the kind well, of well
1: secondary I, secondary was going to struggle early, yeah. I and they it.
0: you have your Jamar Brown misplay, mm-hmm. uh, and then your your defensive line gets sloppy in their rushes, right? And they they let the quarterback get out of the pocket a few times.
1: And edge lost contained a lot. Yeah, Josh
0: Pascal played like he missed a season, mm-hmm. but for he, a quarter. And, and a then, half.
1: But then he makes two huge plays in this third quarter, which really I thought were the keys to the game. Come out and get a forced fumble mm-hmm. after the offense goes three and out out of halftime, yep. sets up a field goal. Next drive, you get a sack, put them behind the chains, get the ball back, offense goes down and scores. 24-14 like that, Toledo's barely had the ball yeah. for four plays. Momentum and then now, now they're down two possessions already. Yep. So I think that was – it was good to see him make those plays after struggling early. And then – To see Jamari Brown come back in the second half, get a couple pass breakups. To see Brandon Echols really step up and say, hey, this is my spot. I'm a starter. I'm one of the best Mm -hmm. players on this team. I think he really made a statement in that game. And I would assume he's going to... They didn't have him starting on the depth chart, but I would assume he's going to start this week.
0: Yeah, and uh, especially with Secondary and receivers rolling in and out. Mm-hmm. I, I I never weigh too heavily on those with the depth chart. Um, but our boy T.J. Carter, he got a sack.
1: Right. But my my big my biggest thing I was wrong about was I thought the D.L. was going to come out and dominate. They didn't. And Quentin Bohanna, I was kind of not or I was kind of disappointed. I thought he would come out and really dominate that matchup. He really didn't. T.J. Carter kind of turned it on the second half. Calvin Taylor has played a lot better football than he did in yeah. that game, even though he got a sack. I think the reserves came in and did a pretty decent job. Aboule Abate, Fitzgerald looked like he belonged. Yeah, Marquand McCall held his own. So I, I, I like to see what I saw from the reserves, but that Kentucky needs that starting group to be better.
0: Yeah, and and I think some of it too is uh, is really really hot. And those are some yeah. big dudes, and I don't think they're used to chasing around quarterback quite like that. Because especially when you're in fall camp, you make your initial rush. But you don't have to finish it. Mm -hmm. So, like, like there was a time where I saw Calvin Taylor, like, chasing that quarterback down. and Quentin Bohanna doing the same before he, like, cramped up. And you're like, well, those guys can't move like Josh Allen.
1: Jason Candle noticed that Kentucky lost Josh Allen, and he really attacked that edge spot with outside runs, with QB counters. And one of their – their second touchdown came on a QB counter where Pascal just runs upfield, loses contain, and Guadani could have backpedaled in the end zone. Yeah. And then Jamari Brown was that corner on that side, it got caught sneaking in and just wide open touchdowns. So they had some. They had a learning curve to go through. But when they settled in the second half, played assignment football, and what I mean by that, everybody just said, we're going out, do what you're supposed to do, do your job. And they really kind of dominated the game from that point.
0: They it, really did. And uh, it's one of those things where you've got to feel good about the team going forward. We'll talk about what they have to do better in this Eastern Michigan game. But we've got to give out our awards for the big dog of the mm-hmm. week. The guy who did some good things, not so many bad things. And I'm looking on the defensive side of the ball, who was the big dog of the it week?
1: It can't be anybody else but
0: DeAndre Square.
1: Uh, the sophomore making his second start, 11 tackles, was in on a sack, was great in coverage, was really all over the field. Wherever you looked, he was. if something good was happening on defense, he was likely in the middle. And so we've talked about how important his position is, especially to help – a secondary, his ability to cover is going to allow Brad White, Mark Stoops, an opportunity to play more base defense because they don't necessarily need that extra defensive back end because they have what they have in him.
0: And if you think back to, uh, I guess it would be three years ago now, Jordan Jones was second in the SEC in tackles right. at that position because mm-hmm. he was just flying around all right. over the place. And, and h- square is like that except bigger, more disciplined, not going to lose his mind.
1: And a difference – or not a difference. Kentucky has a similarity or a – I'm trying to find the words here. They've had a great recent history at this wheelbacker spot. spot. Wesley Woodyard, who's still in the NFL. Yep. Danny Gervathan, who's balling out in the NFL. Playing
0: for the Bears mm-hmm. in the Mm-hmm.
1: Then you hit, you hit with Jordan Jones, who was a three-year starter, was an all-SEC level player for some of his career. And now you look at DeAndre Square; he looks like the next star of that position. If
0: you notice too, he does kind of the same kind of fist pump thing that Jordan Jones mm-hmm. would do after he gets a big hit. And I also like that when the one dude did get hung up, like, like the interception. Obviously, the, the interception mostly, was an awesome play. Yeah, it was just an incredible defensive play. But even like the blitz, where he just comes in, and for the life of me, I could not think. Why can I not think of it? What do you what do you call mm-hmm. it when it's not a blitz, but you're just bring him one? You're just, you're just bringing one backer. It's not necessarily a blitz. Uh, they don't call it a smash, but uh, or do they call it a smash? I'm not sure. Uh, there, there's a word for it, and it's, it, it's, it's making me mad that I couldn't think of it. It's, there's been some long days of me just staring at the football screen. But when he came in on that sack, though, he completely teed off, and many times you see people miss. He did not whiff. He completely blew up that play. To Google serve you well? No, I can't find it. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I will, we'll find it. Yeah, we will eventually. But oh gosh, that's gonna drive me nuts. Um, the big dog of the week, though, on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's a couple different candidates. Um, but first and foremost, I, I'm gonna give it to Ahmad Wagner because a he got a, another pass interference play, and our our friend Curtis Birch finally get, got the best pun. Out of his name, which is Mod Flagner. he even <laughs> made an appearance in the uh, game notes
1: on the on the broadcast. That's all Stinchcombe wanted to talk about was, <laughs> was the flags. Yeah, yeah, How
0: he has six career targets and four pass interference plays. Yeah, so he <laughs> finally he finally got himself a reception, mm-hmm. and hey, look at doing it. And I'm I, I'm anxious to see what the future holds for him. And like I said earlier, it's just nice to know that there's multiple options for Terry Wilson because mm-hmm. you know what it really does, Adam Luckett? Is it really forces defenses to not double team Lynn Bowden? Really forces them, and even if they do, Terry made a nice throw in a triple coverage. That when I, that, yeah, when I that saw was that was one of his best throws today. That was a big boy throw, mm-hmm. and it's. Definitely not best throw of career, but I'm putting it up there with his touchdown to Bowden at Florida that was on third down that 54 yard bomb because he just I mean you see the guy's convergent and he just rips it in there.
1: It was a small window he gave it he put it where just his guy could get it. That was a very good throw. throw. Terry left some plays on the field, but he I thought he also showed some growth too. Yeah, like throwing the ball across the middle. He was calm in the pocket. Now he didn't face much pressure because offensive line had a great day pass protection-wise. Uh-huh. But, he, you know, he's still struggling on some of those zone read RPO oh, stuff. Can, he threw uh, the ball out of bounds on one of the RPOs behind lateral, which could have been an awful play.
0: Disaster. The, the the RPO, it like that's the thing that kills me about the Terry haters. Like if you're going to get mad at him, get mad for handing the ball off when they're best player. Like that is – it was the most textbook quarterback keeper. Mm-hmm. On the run-pass option. Right. It was it was perfect. It's like he just, just pull the damn mm-hmm. ball because that was first drive, correct? Right. Second and four, mm-hmm. and he has so much green grass to run with. Instead of just taking it and getting 10 yards, he's used to playing Benny Ball and just giving it to him every time. Yeah. And, and those were the second down plays that hurt Kentucky. That one, uh, Chris Rodriguez, or no, excuse me. Kavasi smoke missing the cutback. Mark Stoops still mad about. That. Terry missed a cutback on one of his. Oh yes. Yeah. J- R- Roland had the uh, posted that yeah. video out and it. I, I didn't see it at the time. I, which, by the way, I really like the toss run pass option. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to read quickly, but I, re- I really like it because these guys are fast and there's another opportunity. And Kate Upshaw on that
1: this year is a big target. But another thing on Terry, what reminded me, the Central Michigan game. He came out and pulled it first possession when he really should have gave it and mm-hmm. took like a big loss. This yeah, year he gives it instead of pulling it, and it creates a loss. So, But he's just – he struggles with that. You know, you that
0: know what game. I bet that is too, Luckett? I bet that's just not having game simulation. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like where you're – because everything's moving mm-hmm. a little bit faster.
1: But we saw last year Terry grew a lot from that first game against Central Michigan to that game at Florida. Yep. So let's see if he takes another big step um, this weekend against Eastern Michigan.
0: Okay, now are, you, are we ready to close the book on Toledo? Obviously we'll bring up some more stuff, but do you have any parting words before we start talking about the fighting game moves? Just the big
1: thing was Kentucky handled their business on a day where a lot of people in college football didn't handle their business. Um, it was good to see them face some adversity and bounce back and not panic in that yes. adversity and just really ha- do, do their thing. But there's also um, – they took a lot to work on from that game, which is also good. And I think it was a good first step uh, to the 2019 season.
0: Yes. And and I think, like you said earlier, a big part of it is correcting mistakes. They did it throughout the game mm-hmm. into the second half. And we're going to get to see the fruits of that labor. The, folks, when you look at Eastern Michigan on paper, this is just – the ideal carryover from last game to tune yourself up for Florida. Eastern Michigan. That last week they they beat the not the don't the Chanticleers. There you go. From Coastal Carolina, another odd bird.
1: They beat a Sunbelt team.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Tennessee. Um but they beat the Santa was it? It was a ten point win, right? Thirty to twenty? 30-24. Thirty
1: twenty four.
0: 30, mm-hmm. Okay. Um Coastal Carolina, not a very good football team. But I, I, the big thing that came from that game is you went from t- playing a team that played in the Glass Bowl to a quarterback named Mike Glass, the third, who completed 20 of 22 passes first week, 90%. Dink and dunk. Yeah, that's the best in all of football. I looked at the stats, and he completed one pass for 30 yards, mm-hmm. and I think one got over 15. But outside of that, Nothing downfield. Mm-hmm. So, this, the good thing is, I like Kentucky safeties play well, especially Yusuf Corker, Matt Jones' yeah. favorite player.
1: I wish – on one thing on Yusuf,
0: he's reading it right and you can tell,
1: but when he runs up that line, I think he's a little hesitant because he's like, he doesn't he want to make double sure yeah. that he's there. Once that goes, once he starts trusting his instincts, trusting his reads, I think you're really going to start to see him flying down and make some plays at the line of scrimmage because there were some tackles in that game. He made six yards off the ball that I think if he trusted his instincts, he would have made
0: two yards, two yards off the ball. Yep.
1: So, I think that's going to come. But he was in the right spot. Um, he never looked lost or any of that. I thought he played mostly well other than having to go out for cramps. I was impressed with what I saw from him.
0: Yeah, and, and he was a very important person going in. But like the the receivers in Amon Wagner, coaches were very hesitant to say anything nice about the secondary right. going into that first game. Uh, but – Ba- back to the, the emus, uh, I, this should be pretty big win, Adam Luckett. Well, i got a stat for you, Nick Rouse. Okay, hit me with a stat, Adam Luckett. Chris
1: Creighton at Eastern Michigan really had two years where it took him a while to get it off the mat mm-hmm. because of the program. Historically, it's been one of the worst in FBS. So after those two years, starting in 2016 – after he went a combined three and twenty-one his first two years, against the spread, Eastern Michigan is twenty-seven, eleven and one, with nine upset wins. As an underdog, you ready for this? Okay. Against the spread, since twenty sixteen, they are nineteen, three and two.
0: Woo. Woo.
1: That's good. That's a that's a good investment. If you were if you've been riding with them for a while, so this is a team that here's what they what they do is. They don't – like Toledo, we saw, would take risk. It wasn't afraid to get into a shootout. Eastern Michigan, spin but don't break defense. Keep everything in front. Yep. Offensively, it's dink, or d- dink and dunk. It's take care of the, of the football. Same
0: exact. It's the It's how they would attack their own defense.
1: Right. It's dink and dunk. Protect the football. Play smart. Play complimentary football. Get into the fourth quarter with a chance to win it.
0: And that's exactly what they did the last time they mm-hmm. went to Kroger Field. And Eddie Grant – ooh, I actually, keep talking because I want to pull up a right. fun Eddie Grant. Last year,
1: in the same spot, week two, they went to Purdue and won. year before that, week two, they went to Rutgers and won. So that – you know, Rutgers was pretty bad. Purdue was a bowl team who went on to beat Ohio State a couple weeks after that game.
0: Man, did you see – So they're
1: used to going on the road and beating a Power 5 team.
0: The way that they – Beat Purdue too. It was the most like I, I've watched. They have
1: some very Northwestern in them, where they just they just hang around, hang around, hang around. Yes. Now most of these close games, they're they're losing, but from a spread perspective, they are they are overachieving. They're either good at muck it. They like to muck the game up, make it ugly, and just hang around.
0: Northwestern had a really bad backdoor. Yeah, front that, was, too. that was that bad. was one of my picks. <laughs> no, and I would have been. Two and oh, and one. If they just didn't blow it at the end with my lock of the week, too, and our PT's picks of the week, what are you gonna which do? is sponsored by uh, uh, a local establishment that does not actually sponsor it, we just call it that. <laughs> that's what you're dealing with on, on my radio show. It's a sponsored segment that's not actually sponsored. That's great. Um, but. <laughs> I, I, I brought up that last game when Kentucky only won by four points, I think. Back 24-20. 24-20. And got out gained. So this is not run the ball. This is the quote that Eddie Grant had when I asked about it earlier this week. Because here's the thing. Eddie Grant, nice guy, but he, you ask him some questions, he'll flip a switch. Right. You hit the wrong button. He, and he does the same thing with his running mix. If they read it, he will lose his mind. This is his quote. We got our tail kicked. We absolutely got our tail kicked. We didn't play well enough. It was awful. And he kind of like stopped. And they were like, well, did you watch the film before? Yes, we watched the film. We watched the film. And then he went on and on and on and on and just was talking about how terrible and unacceptable that they played in that game. Because what they also did in that game is they had uh, Max with two X's as a defensive mm-hmm. end who you saw in hard knocks. The uh, Raiders. With the Raiders. Drafted I think, in the third or fourth, fourth round. round. And – in that game, Eastern Michigan had five sacks and ten tackles for all. And he was a big part of that. That's, that's not happening this time around, folks. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, so that's good news for Kentucky. Bad news, but also I think good news in a challenging way is Eastern Michigan has a very talented secondary. Really good. Uh, pro football focuses are all conference teams. Mm-hmm. Each week, three dudes, on, right. three dudes from Eastern Michigan were on that team last week. They had four interceptions against the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina, and one of them... At Grand, he was just talking about how great this dude was. Come to find out that one Brody Hoying is from my grandfather-in-law's hometown, Coldwater, Coldwater, Ohio. Mm-hmm. yeah, right down the street from where my wife grew up. The Coldwater Cavaliers. My, my father-in-law was actually the Cavalier. They he he got to dress up as the mascot, and it was it's kind of like you can imagine Cleveland Cavaliers with the blue and orange, mm-hmm. and he rode around in this three wheeler that was like a helmet. And he had a little drawn-on mustache, and he was their mascot that would come out and like, mm-hmm. use a sword at the game. Coldwater Cavaliers.
1: One thing about EMU, they use really cool names on defense. Brody Hoyne is typically their nickelback. Yes, they, they call him, what do they, they Dog. Call oh, that's
0: a great name.
1: Another, He's a dog. They're strong safety. Really what they kind of do, they use Hoyne and this other guy, which they call the Rover, and they kind of. You don't really know who the nickel and who isn't. They'll kind of play both. I've played
0: rover before. I mean, yeah. there's what we called outside yeah. linebackers. Vince Calhoun, four-
1: he plays rover, they're both really good players. They're kind of interchangeable. But another thing about Eastern Michigan, nine of their starters are junior college transfers. It's a lot. Most of their high school guys are were guys no one else wanted. Right. So their program, like, is really really big on us against the world, outwork everybody, bring your lunch, p- you know, kind of lunch pail attitude. On their social media account, it's it's called like E Tough is their hashtag.
0: Didn't they they brought the hammer right? That's, that's what I'm broke through the there's wall. There's a big yeah.
1: there's like yeah, that's what they do at home. They only have like this big wrench that they, that's like their social media thing that they put up.
0: The E is the uh, mm-hmm. uh, what what's the like metal? Looking, I, I don't know what to call it. It, it almost looks like a, not, car, but when you get carbon fiber mm-hmm. on hoods mm-hmm. on. Need yep. for Speed Underground. It th- was that kind of on their numbers design.
1: on their jersey inside the numbers. It has is that, that metal
0: look too. Right, and oh, the, that's awesome. And their oh, yeah, their coaches, Chris Creighton, sounds like a coach of. I'm team. gonna have
1: a picture on my scouting report post that will come out Thursday when, when you listen to this. Yes, Thursday around lunchtime. So yep. most of you listen to this, it'll already be out. Make sure you go look at it. Their coaches in the win over Coastal Carolina wore mechanic shirts. <laughs> Auto mechanic <laughs> shirts with their names and nicknames. Like Chris Creighton had a CC, and some other coaches had whatever their nickname was. Oh is.
0: man, that's awesome! That's what uh, Derek Mason did one yep. time, and it was it didn't come off as well. But you know what? When Chris Creighton does it. I believe and it. And Chris Creighton has a beard like Chris Kringle right now. Really? Wait until you see that. Is it better than Lovey Smith's?
1: It's on par with Lovey Smith. Oh, that's wow. about what it looks like.
0: Wow! And it's not even snowing. I know. Whoo! Wait. That, that's some action good luck charm I've ever seen. It one. really is. It really is. And, and that's why this is a good, all right, you better be tough, Kentucky.
1: Right. they're get, Like, this team is going to come in. They're going to ugly the game up. They're going to come in for a fist fight. It's going to be probably the most well-coached team Kentucky faces all year. They're going to be in the right place at the right time. And they're just, they're a team that's not fun to play against because you're talent, more talented than them at every position. You're bigger, you're stronger, you're faster than them at every position. Uh, but they're just they're just very
0: scrappy. So what you can do to combat that? Not only like do you just got to be tough, mm-hmm. but if you hit a few explosive plays on these guys, Well and a hot, st- hot start,
1: hot yeah. start, getting a lead on them. Now this is a team that that's not gonna give up. They're gonna fight to the end. But just getting a hot start that gives you a pretty good cushion for the game. But a good thing this year is that they had a really good defensive front last season, and they lost everybody off their yep. defensive
0: front. So, this is – I think if Mark Stoops was going to give us grades, I think he was probably most upset with the running backs last week. Yeah. Espe-
1: from an offensive Just short point. yardage offense was just really bad, especially they they set, them, set the sums up. I believe they had 8.6 yards per first down was the average. And second down was – but they averaged like they were in third and seven, I think was the average. So they were doing something god-awful on second down.
0: And that comes down to – I think that the line was doing their job, but I don't think the running backs were doing them any favors. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those where if Kentucky can establish that run and not just get some chunk plays. Because that was – like we mentioned chunk plays before. Each running back got 21 yards. It had at least one 21-yard right. carry. Right. Like they, they busted off some big runs, most notably that big touchdown by Smoke. But those, you've you got to be able to get the job done in the short yardage situations. And Kentucky should be able to dominate up front, but the running backs are going to be tested. And that's kind of, like I said up front, if Kentucky learns from their lessons, they could run away from, they could they really run away with this game. But will they take it to heart and punch Eastern Michigan in the mouth right away? Because if not, then this team's going to hang around. Mhm. For a while.
1: Right. And then it comes down to, you know, taking care of the football. That's something Chris Rodriguez on paper he should be the team's short yardage back.
0: But you can't do that if you can't. We've throw seen him Chris the
1: Rodriguez carry the ball maybe 15 times, 20 times when you count the spring game, the two carries last year against Murray State and then the last game he's put the ball on the turf three times.
0: It's a bad percentage.
1: Yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah.
0: So three at divided by fifteen, it's, so like twenty percent. Yeah,
1: let's just say you got fifteen carries. Man,
0: I just did math out loud. Yeah, uh, that's hey. You know what though? Sales education. Thank paying God off I for got you. it right because I'm terrible at math. <laughs> you were over there crunching numbers earlier. Did you even have a calculator on your computer? Or were you doing that math in your head? No, I, I pull the calculator. That's what I was about to say because I like didn't that. see you doing your phone. I was gonna call you a jerk if you are figuring out the percentage of chunk plays. I can do knows.
1: when I see like basketball. So like. If I see like free throws, like some guys a certain number, I can do that kind of. But
0: when you start getting in the triple digits, it's just. Speaking of, if if I no, granted your your wife probably teaches this, but could if right now I wrote out a long division problem. Could you do you know how? Could you do long division? No, I could by hand. You know. I, I have I, I have no idea how to do long no, division. Not on pay- I like, can't do what, it. I know that you put the big number underneath the little square thingy, mm-hmm. but wait, then what? it you go down and i it it It, thank god for calculators. (laughs) thank god now the
1: funny thing is my wife i'm the i'm the math guy in our relationship really she's we don't know how to do
0: oh okay but we don't know how to do long division though
1: we we have iphones
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh but so wait what were we talking about uh oh yeah uh even though I, like we, we brought that up, I don't know how good the Chanticleers were, but I saw this number that was pretty good from the Eastern Michigan defense. Only two and a half yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, game one for Easter, Carolina.
1: Eastern Michigan tossed the ball around the – not Eastern Michigan, excuse me, Coastal Carolina tossed the ball around the yard a lot in that game. I think they're going to kind of be like a passing team this year. No, so, no. But that was good for Eastern Michigan. You say go in there, stop the run, and they forced Coastal to play into their teeth of their defense. But what Eastern has done or struggled to do in Chris Creighton's era is, you know, good offensive line play and running the football. Mike Glass III had a sack rate of about 9% last year, so you can get after him in pass rushing situations. Shaq Van, who's their starting running back, really has a career yards per carry average around 4, 4.2. Now, he did run for over 100 against Coastal Carolina last week and had like a 4.6 yards per carry, but Kentucky's run defense should – have a bounce back performance. Yeah.
0: On well, and, Ca- and this is one thing nobody's talked about in any asset because we don't want to we don't want to say it. But Cash Daniel played very poorly in his debut. From a his expectation standpoint, you didn't hear his name called that much. He just it it wasn't it wasn't the cash we're used to. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're going to have uh, expect to see a big game from him. And if he doesn't play well, then I'm going to be kicking myself. I mean, gonna, this time next week we go back in the film and be like, you know what? thought Cash was going to play great, and he didn't. But I'm confident that Paintsville kid's going to pick himself up by his bootstraps and make sure that Eastern Michigan is forced to go back and try to throw it underneath. And talked about Corker earlier. I I like being – like, there's going to be some moments in this game where Kentucky's kind of sitting in that zone, that soft zone, and they're dinking and dunking a little bit. what, What do you do if you're Brad White? Like I'm 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 giving you the headset you have is now the headset that goes up to the press box. You're Brad White. You're calling the defense. What do you do against this dink and dunk offense?
1: Aggressive on first down. Do not let them set set the table. You set the table. Make them make tough choices on first down. Blitz on first down. Make force the issue because you don't want them getting ahead of the chains. You want them behind the chains. So if you've got them in you know, if you you've done the research, if certain formation that they run heavy, rumble it, certain formation that they're pass heavy, send, you know, a safety, send an extra backer. I, a slant on the defensive line. I would force the issue on first down to get them behind the chains because if they get behind the chains, that's where they're uncomfortable. That's where you make them play left handed.
0: And you know who's good left handed is Max Duffy. hmm It's kicking left footage. What a guy. I I, it's I a, wish I was half as good as
1: something as Max Duffy is a punting. My goodness!
0: And you know what? That, that I just love that he real like pressure. <laughs> what pressure? He doesn't think about it at all. He's like, yeah, you know, I do what I do for good for the football team, but I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> He's out here, I just kick it, <laughs> punt the ball. I like what they want me to punt left footed. Up, throw out left. Try like... left footed.
1: What did Mark Stoops say on Monday? He's just a weird he's cat. Like, he's. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, like, I don't
0: want to say anything. That. He's a good teammate, but he's just he's just a weird cat, you know. I found out what I was looking for earlier, too. The blitzing—it's a dog. Just dog, a dog. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I just completely, completely just blanked out there. But that's another case too, where like, just send a dog on the on the rundowns. No, mm-hmm. well, why not? Well, that was where Cash Daniel really made kind of a
1: hay last year was mm-hmm. run blitzing, and I think. Toledo ran some more interesting stuff because they wanted to get outside so much. I think you're going to see more kind of inside zone type runs. Powers with Eastern Michigan, and I think that's where Cash could really uh, make an impact by shooting some gaps and getting some negative plays.
0: All right, well, Luckett, it. Um, so, what do we think?s what, what do you ultimately think is going to happen? Has have the S and P predictions came out for this yet? <laughs> Wait, well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Come on. I, I, they had, they're calling for a 19
1: point win. Just guess what the score is going to be. The total's 53. Yeah. Do you know?
0: The, I heard they're calling Kentucky. A 50-burger. We'll put up a 50-burger. <laughs> it was lo- The only time Kentucky's put up a 50-burger since Eddie Grant's been here was at the Wolfville game last year. Is that the only 50-burger? Yeah, because they didn't even get against Austin P in 2016. New, was New Mexico State? Yeah, it was the other one. That yeah. was 50, 50.
1: 52, 32, I think. Yeah. Or 56, 36, Benny something had, like that. Yeah,
0: 56. Benny had four touchdowns. Right. So there's been two 50-burgers in the Eddie Grant era. S&P is calling for another I don't, one. I don't
1: see that happening. Not with the way Eastern Michigan
0: plays. Hey, Amad I'm, I'm Wagner. Yeah, Alan Daly. That would pump a lot of people up if Kentucky Could came out and 50 scored 50 po- and points oh before my Florida. Goodness. Oh. <laughs> you want to talk about getting <laughs> the juices flowing. That, oh, my gosh. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think that a lot of what slowed Kentucky down from – instead of having a great game, they only had a good game against Toledo, was just a lot of nerves and a lot of kids who haven't played a lot of football making early mistakes. And I think they're going to learn quickly. And if they don't, they're going to get yanked. Mm Because at least, I mean, aside from the secondary, they have the luxury of depth at every spot. From receiver, running back, I mean, you name it, there's plenty of people to work with there. So if you screw up, your ass is the grass. It's on the sideline. So I think Kentucky is – it's one of those things where if Kentucky's up by two touchdowns at half, they're gonna win by four. You know, and I and I think that's very possible. Now, is that I, I feel like I just had the most common sense analysis ever. But if they can just score fourteen yeah. points in the first quarter, then let's it's see off if, to the races. Let's see if slow starts are a thing this year. We got
1: off to a slow they got off to a slow start last week. Can they avoid that slow start this week?
0: I'm I'm I've got the confidence. my only worry is the it's their first time sitting around all day. Mm-hmm. But either way, Kentucky's going to win this game. If I were a bet man, I'd put them to cover. And I I really think that we're going to see a bounce back game from the running backs and from Cash Daniel. Those are my two – I think those two groups are really going to thrive against this Eastern Michigan team.
1: Yeah, I think the offense is going to be a little pumped up this week because you've heard the coaches talking about how upset they were about the two years ago. So they're a little motivated and – I'm really excited to see the defense against another dual-threat quarterback to see if, what adjustments they can make from week one to week two. A hidden thing in this, all this, was that was Brad White's first time ever calling plays. Yeah. So there's obviously – he's going to obviously make it. adjust. There's obviously stuff he said well, I did wrong or things I need to get better at. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Because he, 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 he did the thing, too, where it's like, dude, just bring some people. Don't sit back. Because, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, nothing's more frustrating than watching them sit back. Mm-hmm. In against a team that I want to deconduct. right? And it might get some guys out of position, the rush, and you you might lose. You, you might let the glass rip off a few big runs, but I, I would much rather be aggressive and let the running quarterback get by you than you know just watching them bring three. Right? Because that was that was what happened on the Brown play. They only brought three, and like you know, it's you're not bringing three a uh, Josh Allen in one of those three either. Right. The th- the game, I think, it's all about the start, that first quarter.
1: What happens in the first quarter? If Kentucky gets out to the lead, I think they're going to cruise for most of the day. If they don't, I think Eastern Michigan is good enough to keep it, you know, within striking distance and make them sweat a little bit in the fourth quarter. So, it's it's all in the start. Like, this team that they're playing is not going to back down. They're going to play hard for 60 minutes. They're going to hang in there. They've got a quarterback that can run around, make things happen. They've got a secondary – that's really going to be a challenge for Kentucky's receivers and Terry Wilson. I'm kind of expecting Terry to throw his first interception of the season on Saturday because I think that secondary is really good.
0: Wow, you hate Terry Wilson. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, he's, he's in love with Bo Nix. His first love is his wife, second love Phil Steele, third Bo <laughs> Nix, dead last Terry Wilson.
1: No, don't <laughs> put me in that category. But Kevin McGill, who's their starting corner, I, I think he's got a chance to get drafted. He's a really good corner.
0: It sounds like a bad, like that was what they thought of before they came up with filet fish McGill. McGill? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a drunk Irishman saying, my girl.
0: Yeah, yeah, that McGill. too. Are right, you over at Tim Tams after a long Friday night? <laughs> Tigers lose the male Bulldogs.
1: Come over here, McGill. The Tim Tams has changed. It's not the same as it used to be. It's not? Mm-mm.
0: Oh, that's sad.
1: They have, never, they got m- some new money in there you still drink in the parking lot? Technically. <laughs> but Tim Tans was the kind of bar where you would go in there and order Papa John's. <laughs> it's not that anymore. They've uh, got nice food in there now. It's not – they clean up the place. It's really nice. But
0: they'll say next game, though. It's going to be – it's a big 6A game Friday mm-hmm, night. Friday oh, night. Yeah. Um, ooh, my Colts next week play Bo Allen before the Florida Gators. The part is I'm coming into town, but – Coming in town to do fun things, not like uh, yes, high school football games can be fun, but I got I had other plans. I can't go. It's a real shame. It's a real shame. All right, plans for this weekend though outside of the Kentucky game. Really, just bummed that this is not the early game again. Yeah, I know. God, because this was the slate we needed last week. This was what we needed last week because
1: it's it's back to the normal. Well, you life. got a full Saturday now because games aren't spread out as much.
0: Yes. That's true, uh, and you've got. I mean, obviously, the headliner comes to Texas A and M, big football game between that and Texas LSU. Like these yeah. are. See to me, that's that's the biggest one. But these, but these, these are. I don't want to call them playoff games, but this is your all the people who argue against going to an 18 playoff. They point to games like this because this is essentially what they are. That's what the conference championship games are. These have the the impact of a playoff game. Last year. Clemson goes to AM and you're like, Okay, Jimbo. He's got something happening here. And he he did. They didn't win the big ones in conference play, but that had a big time atmosphere. I mean, they're probably gonna roll A M this time around. Like I like Kellen Mon and all, mm-hmm. but it's at Clemson. Death Valley is going to be absolutely rocking. Right. I mean
1: Clemson's gonna win that game, it's just how much can A and M make them sweat. But can Alice, they can they highlight some weaknesses that maybe Clemson has right now? Wait, they have weaknesses? They might. We don't know. They... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see when they play we, we a legit could, we team. We couldn't figure that out against Georgia Tech. It, it, it doesn't mean that that's, that's going to be the same weaknesses in a month when they get some experience, but they might be able to show us something that Clemson needs to work on.
0: But LSU-Texas. Mm-hmm,
1: that's the big one. This you know, is – it's the – Tom Herman took the LSU job but didn't really take it while Ed Orgeron was coaching LSU as oh, the interim. yeah. For... And then a couple days later, Herman takes the Texas job – and Ed Orgeron gets the LSU job. So it's kind of that dynamic going on. And then it's a battle. Both these guys are great as underdogs. Yes. Tom Herman is just unbelievable. First, Ed Orgeron, 7-1 with five straight-up at wins at LSU as a dog. But Tom Herman, he's 8-2-1 against the spread at Texas with five upset wins. That was after going 5-0 and oh with a perfect five upset wins at Houston. But Texas has got an injury, injury bug situation going on. All the advanced stats and computers love LSU in this matchup. I mean, Joe Burrow did just absolutely light it up for that first week. Right. And then defensively, people, uh, people think that LSU might have the best defense in the country. So, they're going against Texas. Old Sam Ellinger, what can he do? Can he put the team on his back? And Is them to Texas
0: victory? all the way back? Right. They are six-and-a-half point dogs. Um, it keeps growing. It was ooh. at five-and-a-half. Now it's up to six-and-a-half. And a half. Old, old Tigers money.
1: I – that gets to the seven, then you might have a nice little money line play for Texas.
0: Oh. is it? Where's this game being played at? Austin. It, oh, man. Home field advantage, too. Night game. Man. This, the, you know what it also kind of I, – I think it could have the potential to be, too, is almost like that Miami-Notre Dame game that they won a few years back where it was like – Miami's back. They upset Big. Well, ba- now it. Turned they out- had that
1: moment a couple years ago with Charlie Strong when they beat Notre Dame on Son- Labor Day Sunday. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Now this LSU team is obviously a lot better. Joe Burrow, much better. I. I man, this one really is going to come down to which quarterback is what we think they are, and in the sadly, that's what college football is. Which quarterback doesn't choke down right. the stretch? Right. I
1: mean, can LSU – team strength outplay Tom Herman's underdog card and Sam Ellinger at home, can that can that outweigh those two? Because it's going to take, I think, a great coaching effort and a great individual effort from Ellinger to get that win. But I wouldn't doubt Herman, what I've seen him do as a yeah. dog so far in his career.
0: Uh, a c- couple – other interesting games. I think Vanderbilt Purdue That's what I was looking at. Because I both one I don't know what Vanderbilt like you can't judge them off the Georgia game. Like they they played a road game in that's, their home state. Yeah, that's You what know how disheartening that has to be too? Like you just show up mm-hmm. and you have it's most stadiums there's a corner for the away section. They had a corner for the home section.
1: I know, it was crazy. <laughs>
0: I felt, I legitimately felt bad for them. That was
1: I mean it's what Georgia kind of does in football is kind of similar to what Kentucky basketball I mean, does. I
0: had that Notre Dame game a few years back, that was nuts. Nuts. I mean, even
1: last year, Kentucky's biggest game ever at home probably, and they had they a good 35% of the crowd at least.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, but
1: quick, real quickly, Georgia 30-6, yes. to one by 24. That's what they do to all the SEC East teams. They beat them all by – Three scores. It's they're like a boa constrictor. It's close in the first half, and then they just slowly squeeze the life out of out you, of them.
0: One of my underrated favorite parts about last weekend too is the reaction from the college football heads. Is like, well, it's Georgia and then Kentucky or Florida. Who's gonna do it? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that we're right. Kentucky is in the national conversation. Right? It's so refreshing.
1: And Vanderbilt for that Purdue game, right? Quick. If they lose that, they got to buy, and then LSU rolls it into town. Oh. So they they they're looking down the barrel of zero and three, pretty quickly. My parents
0: are going to that game, so boiler up, boiler up, suck it, Vandy. Uh, a nooner. If you're going to go to Purdue game, it's got to be a nooner. Uh, I like the Syracuse Maryland game. The Bear had another one of those wild ass stats. Yeah. where it's like a favorite as a dog or a Frank team as a dog. Or yeah, like team twenty
1: to twenty five as a dog has got some. They, they lose a lot. Yeah. Uh,
0: so turtle up. Um, and the turtle. S- the Luke Fickle game. Luke Fickle, former Ohio State defensive coordinator, who was the first interim. When was it Urban who was out or was it uh, Trestle that he took over? Tre- he was Trestle. Okay, so he, he before Urban came, but he stunk. Yeah, relatively. they won six and six. Yeah, they yeah. were. Ba- it's like the only bad year they've had in right. forever. And Ryan Day, the good interim, so he gets a chance for a little bit of revenge, goes to Ohio State after pretty much manhandling UCLA but not winning well enough. And Ohio State, who just – yeah, Justin Fields, he's as good as we thought.
1: Cincinnati seems like they have a good defense at at this point, so this will be like Justin Fields' first real test. Yeah. Fickle also
0: uh, played at Ohio State, which I didn't know that until I started seeing his his old highlights. Mm -hmm. So another good week of games. Um I'm 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 is it, also what did Neil Brown do last week? Did we see that at all? They squeaked by James Madison by a touch. Yeah, never schedule them. Never schedule them. Never schedule South Dakota State if you're an FBS team. They what have, are you doing?
1: West Virginia has two tough games coming up at West Virginia, then home
0: to NC State. Yeah, they're they're playing at Missouri and or at Missouri. I'm yeah. sorry, West so Virginia, Missouri. This uh, actually, I'm gonna look at the over under in that game. What, what do we got here? Because it's it can't be. To the 50. I like Missouri laying the two touches off. 62 and a half. Off the loss. It's only 13 and a half. Oh, yeah, Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant threw the worst interception. In I mean, it, it really was just. Yeah, it wasn't great. Back foot across your. What are you doing, buddy? Mm-hmm. Across your body into the end zone. Superman like, throw. Yeah, you're not Superman. I know you're trying to save Missouri from bold abandonment, but that's mm-hmm. not happening. Um, but, yeah, this was fun. Right. Yeah.
1: The, we, two, the two other games I want to touch on. Oh, hit them. That I'll have kind of be looking at while Kentucky's playing and while LSU-Texas are playing. BYU-Tennessee. If Tennessee – how do they bounce back after being embarrassed like that?
0: And BYU will hit him in the face. Yeah. They're they, going to play nasty. If
1: they don't bounce back, if they hit adversity and they they wallop or they cr- melt and crumble, what does that stadium <laughs> turn into? Ooh. And what is Pruitt like on the sideline? They're only three and a half point favorites. Right. And then uh, Miami, North Carolina. What does Miami look like after a week off against a more average team? What does Jaren Williams look like? And can North Carolina suddenly become like the September darling of college football if they beat South Carolina an upset and then turn around and upset the Canes and Mac's debut?
0: So, before we go, I've got a favor to ask you all. I need you all to subscribe To 11 Personnel on iTunes. Not just the KSR podcast feed. I know you're already getting that and you're getting a bunch of other podcasts. But go to our regular feed. The one that's got the cool logo that has like a little jersey stain on it. The one that's much better than the logo of the other 11 Personnel podcast. Which, by the way, we found that out. There's there's an athletic podcast. a, A Rams, L.A. Rams athletic podcast that stole our name. They started it a month after us. They, do, they, they put one podcast behind a paywall. They don't even deserve the Name 11 personnel. <laughs> Late so, to the party. So please, subscribe to that podcast so we can kick their ass, win the podcast war, and also subscribe. Because next week, I'm going to tell our subscribers on that podcast feed how they're going to win tickets to Bourbon and Beyond, the world's largest bourbon festival. It's got musical acts. The schedule came out today. I'm excited about it Adam Lockett. You should be too.
1: They don't want to miss
0: it. Do you do not want We'll to find
1: it. out the Mississippi State game time, yes. I believe
0: Monday this yes. week. So, we'll so you can plan your weekend around that. Exactly. We and we'll give you tickets to go watch some great music at the Fair & Expo Center in Louisville, Kentucky. It's going to be a wonderful time. So subscribe, rate, review, and blue chips only. 4 or 5 stars. Yes. Cause that's come on. Cause you're listening to uh, <laughs> a, a, a podcast with you're some big to, dogs. You're listening to a college football podcast. That's what, podcast, the, that's what on, the big chips. that's what the big dogs do. They eat, and I'm gonna go eat because I'm pretty hungry. If you haven't eaten yet, uh, grains, lots of meat, potatoes, and milk. Hey, we're two few days away from game day. You got a carbo load, you got plenty of energy. We're not cramping up. First long tailgate of the season, 7:30 p.m. kick. Hydrate accordingly, folks. Mm-hmm. And thanks for listening to Eleven Personal.